Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. So we are switching some things up tonight, typically on a Heaven Awareness site. We have uh, mom or dad activated in that to be able to release or to take us through an encounter tonight. Um, we have Megan and Ellen that are going to be presenting. And I just want to honor them for the way that they have. I mean, we're asking about hungry. Like, did you come in hungry? These are two daughters who have hungered for change. They have hungered to see their family change, their marriage change, their children affected. And out of that place of hunger, just like we have a mother, the mother of this home that hungered for something different. In that hunger for something other than religion, for something other than Bible thumping, for something other than what was being taught to us from the day we were born, she hungered for something more and then has raised up daughters who have hungered for something more. And in that, it's just, I just find it very special that Yahweh would honor that cry of our heart that he would give us a mother and a father who are willing to lead a family into something completely different, into completely different changes in what we honor in feasts instead of holidays, or what we honor within ourselves. Have they not led us in things that are as small as food or as big as food? <laughs> or is just honoring the gifts within us that we have leaders who haven't come in to smash us down, to keep us little, to keep us quiet, so they can just keep us coming back for more and keep us coming to tithe and keep us coming to feed them with our offerings, right? Like they have come in to tear down and smash down religion. And I just, that response to our cry that Yahweh sent a mother and a father to walk out a family this is what the earth is crying out for and we have it right here in this home. And I just just as a personal thing like I look at my I look at my son I'm just going to pick on Logan for a second like a mother who has a place to land on a son who wants what she has is so beautiful. Everything that I have been taught can be poured into Logan because he's hungry for it. And I just wanna honor this family for being a family that's hungry for what Ruach has that is displayed on this earth through a mother and a father and sisters that will turn and pour that out because they've been poured into. I just wanna honor us for that because of that, that foundation of honor he can build off of that and I just I, I don't know it just I think what I'm overwhelmed by is that as we've built what he's asked us to lay out in this blueprint the, that we have the pillars we know of those and then we've moved into this floor of honor and he's asked us to begin to honor the things that he honored 
He's asked us to walk in the ways that he walked. Last year at this time, he pressed on sonship big time. And he said, if you want to be a son, you're going to have to cling to me. You're going to have to yada, know me in a deep, intimate way. Have you clung this year? Have you pressed in to know not only him, but your spiritual parents, the mother and father of this region? Have you clung to this family? Have you allowed what was cultivated in you from your father, whoever that was before, have you allowed that to be uprooted so that tonight, starting now, let's just start now, moving forward, that he can begin to cultivate those things in us that are his. Because when you yada the Messiah, you walk different. You talk different. There's going to be some things that are cultivated in your heart that do not look like this earth. There's going to be some things that are cultivated in your heart that do not look like a Christian. Someone can walk in this building right now that you are full of hate for. And right now, tonight, he can displace that hatred in your heart and replace it with what he really does, how he really sees. He will replace that in you. Let him apply his blood tonight to begin to take those things out of our lives. Right now, I want us to position our heart. Have we looked at it? Have you looked at the things that your father, and when I say that, I don't mean Randy. I mean the thing that's been fathering me my whole life. Have I taken the time? He's given me a year that he's been pressing on. Whose son are you? What are you walking in? What are you honoring? Have I looked at the things within my heart that he wants to take out, that he wants to apply his blood to? There are so many <laughs> listed, like in me, hatred, division, anger, retaliation, manipulation. That is what I was fathered to walk with. And this year he's asking, uh, this past year, I feel like he took me back one year and wanted me to reflect on when we were pressed in sonship and to yada him in a deep way. I, that, that doesn't even make sense. To know him in such a deep way means that he's in me looking at the things that are not of him and removing those things. So tonight we're gonna look at those things. If you haven't looked at them before, you're gonna look at them tonight. Because we, I'm sorry, but your chair's been anointed. He said, come in, anoint the chairs. Tonight, I'm standing in a place to say we will walk as obedient sons. And we anoint this place for Ruach to have a place to land. That this would be a place where Ruach comes and says, let me intervene right now and displace those things that you were raised in that are not of me. Let me apply the blood of Yeshua. Let me apply the blood to those areas and change that. You know, you don't have to live that way. The way we were raised, I mean, there's been so many things that we had to look at this year, like don't take away Easter. Don't take away Christmas. That's all I know. It's like you're, we're missing out on so much. Don't take away my hatred. Don't take that from me because if I don't have hatred to hold on to, how are they going to pay for what they did? 
He's going to deal with that tonight. If you're here, if you're tuning in, it's time. He wants us to look at it. And if you've been looking at it and you see those things, he wants, he wants to take them and apply his blood. So when I talk about Logan being a son that's like, Mom, here's something that I don't know what to do with. Here's an area that I can't figure out how to handle. There's never a part of me that says, I want nothing to do with that. Every part of me says, let me get my DNA all over that. And tonight I feel like I just, like there's going to be so much of like just Ruach coming and just touching and healing those places. Like maybe you ignorantly just walked in that because that's what you were born in, but that's okay. It's okay to look at and say, just because I was born into this bloodline doesn't mean that's the bloodline I have to keep operating in. That when we think about blood versus blood, like challenge yourself tonight, every situation that he brings up in your heart, challenge yourself. Am I operating with the blood of Yeshua or am I operating with a different bloodline? I just want to remind us tonight that he is going to reveal secrets as we walk in covenant with him. That yada, that knowing him, that covenant relationship, he's revealing those secrets. He has been all year. He's like, here's a secret, honor Hanukkah. Here's a secret, honor the feasts, honor Pasuk. And so... I just want us to position our hearts that we would come honoring the things that he has honored. I know we've been doing this all year long, but tonight, like, let's position ourselves to honor the blood that was shed. That we would honor that he did something and he didn't do that so we could stay stuck in a rescue cycle. So I could keep coming back to his cross over and over Every year, let me revisit your cross so I can move away from here and then I'll see you again on Sunday, maybe. He didn't die. He didn't shed his blood so we could just continue revisiting his cross. That was just the beginning. That was just the, okay, now, now that you've met me, let's walk together. Now that you've met me, it's time to yada me. It's time to know me in such a deep, intimate way. Now that you've met me, it's time to live with me and find out what I honor. It's time to honor the things that my father created. And if that's not what we're walking in, then tonight is a really good starting point to be able to say there are so many areas of my life that when I want to, for my example, hate someone for what they've done, I look at him and there's not a drop of hatred in him. If I am his, he's mine, I'm in his bloodline. How dare I walk around with a heart full of hatred? <clears throat> so tonight, I just, I, I'm, because Megan, who just displays the heart of Yahweh on earth. 
is going to release over us to prepare us of what we're moving into. Megan, you can come up. I told Megan, if all I do is cry and just hand you the mic, just, (laughs) it just, it's so exciting and it's so, like, exciting isn't even a, it's not even a word that defines it. I, I am absolutely humbled that we are part of a family that is willing to walk this way. To be part of a family that's willing to lay down everything we've ever known, everything we've ever done, everything we've, every way we've ever been to lay that down to begin to walk a new way. All right, while Megan is getting ready, let's just, um, let's just take a minute. Gabe, do you have music? Because we can just, can we just like catch the frequency of what is happening? I just want us to just take a minute and position our hearts. This is a moment to be face to face with Yahweh, to be connected in a deep way to his heart. Yahweh, we just thank you that you that you do answer our hearts cry. And right now we take up a heart's position to say I'm no longer going to reject because I don't understand. I'm no longer gonna sit in a place where I'm just watching because I'm not really sure if that's you. We thank you that you go before us, that you've prepared the way. That even in this time, that in this month right now that we're walking through, that there may be question, but you're right there to provide every day for us. we just give you permission to just be with us like we open our hearts to what you're gonna do (laughs) that with the awareness of heaven that we encounter your heart we give you permission to transform us heritage that we have forefathers who were willing to be so transformed they didn't even look the same after they met with you let our transformation be that real where it's not of you and in that there's transformational power. That as a family we say we want to be so much like you, look so much like you that we would reflect heaven and you would 
always have a place to land, that we would be that place that you would never want to leave, that you would never want to depart from because we're just transformed looking just like your son. I thank you that that transformational power is here tonight that tonight that transformational power is here to move through our veins, through our literal veins to absolutely change our physical DNA, to operate and look more like you. We release that power tonight and I just, honestly, I hate praying this way because it feels old, but I just stand against anything that would come against that tonight. We just apply your blood literally over the doorways that say this home, in this home, do not pass us by, but come in, come sit with us, come be with us, come fall on us in this upper room. That the spirit of death would literally be the only thing that isn't allowed in. That death that comes to take a son, I stand against that right now and I thank you, Yeshua, that your blood, that you as that perfect spotless lamb have been sent to redeem us, to pull us out of slavery and captivity, that we would follow you in those places that we're unsure of knowing you've already done this. Why would we even be scared? We just get to walk it out. And tonight we just position our hearts to be a place that you would land, that you land on mature sons. And we're hungry. <laughs> we're hungry for what you have for us tonight. In Yeshua's name. going to take our time tonight. Sometimes before you engage in heaven, you have to kind of sit. You have to sit in a word before you engage it, right? We don't want to prematurely present ourselves or posture ourselves to engage in his presence if we're not ready to receive his word. We're going to take our time. All right. You guys know I like to write on the board. <laughs> so for those of you who like to take notes, start writing now. We're going to prepare our hearts to engage. And that's going to take some time. Because there's some things we need to work through first. We're going to talk about heritage and remembrance and honor. But before we can get to remembrance and honor through heritage, we're going to remind ourselves of some of the things that we've had to work through or that we've had to weed out, things that had been previously cultivated in us, things that keep us from honor. In this house, and in the bride, we've been walked out of consumerism. These are actually in order. In order in the course of the last five years, 
of the way that Ruach presented the things that needed to be weeded out of our hearts, okay? Started with consumerism. Does everyone remember when the Spirit led us through consumerism? Yes. Selfishness. Complacency. The rescue cycle. And blame. Our most recent process in uprooting those things that had been cultivated in us. Blame was the most recent. Okay. All of these can be attributed to several things, but for the sake of preparing our hearts for tonight, what they're going to be attributed to is entitlement. And we're gonna talk through what entitlement has done in the sense of keeping us from remembering and honor. Okay. So entitlement is a feeling that you have the right to do or have what you want without having to work for it or deserve it. It's a mindset that we deserve special privilege and treatment for things we have not earned. It's a mindset that tells you you're owed something in exchange for nothing. That there is no expectation. And you can look up the definition yourself and get more from the Spirit, but this is the definition that I've concocted through the Spirit. <laughs> okay, this is my definition. <laughs> All right. So, what entitlement affords us is no expectation, but it leads to things that he's walked us through like consumerism, selfishness, complacency, the rescue cycle, blame, etc. What it has to do with where we're going is that entitlement in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's different aspects to entitlement. Because I could be entitled to something that is rightfully mine. Right? So like if I was left something in a will, the expression or the verbiage of what I'm left could be, that was what was entitled to you by your mother, by your father, by your grandparents. You were entitled that property. You were entitled that heritage. You were entitled those finances, right? Entitlement can mean that it's something that's rightfully yours. It can even have a legal definition that you can be entitled to something. The issue and what needs to be weeded out of our hearts before we can engage in honor and remembrance of what has come before us is that entitlement becomes this when it's without honor and remembrance. If I was left an inheritance and I believed that that was owed to me and I received that without fully recognizing or honoring 
what it cost, who, who gave that to me as a privilege, it would become this. Is that making sense? Okay. We see it all the time in the world, in our culture, right? What happens is you have generations that become so far removed from that which is now a privilege that they get to receive, but they get so far removed from that cost of that privilege that there is no honor for what they gain. It becomes an expectancy without requiring any sort of an engagement, an interaction, or, or effort, right? We, we can see that in the world, right? So I'm gonna give us some examples and hear it in the spirit, but I'm gonna give us some examples. Okay, the right to vote. In this house, we're allowed to talk about, Paul, I mean, we, we are allowed to talk, <laughs> okay? Because we're meant to govern the world. So I'm gonna use some real world examples, all right? So the right to vote. There are those who can choose not to vote, but there was a fight for the privilege to be heard and to vote. But there are generations that are so far removed from that fight, that, well, that's not really, that's not really my thing, or I don't, now, I'm not, don't get stuck in examples. Catch it in the spirit, okay? There was a cost for you to choose even if you don't wanna vote. <laughs> But there were generations before you that died, literally sacrificed their livelihoods, their reputation, their careers, their families that fought for your right to choose to vote or not at all. Right? Okay. Freedom. Freedom. We can get so far removed from the freedom that we have in our country. How predominant is this right now in our culture? Yeah. Right? So far from removed that now we can dishonor and yeah. mock publicly those who literally give their lives, gave their lives so that we could be free. Entitlement. Yes. Okay. Freedom. The right to vote. I mean, you, you could, there, there are so many examples. Freedom of religion. Freedom to worship. The only reason you can choose to come or not come, to not gather publicly, to not gather corporately, to decide to stay home or, 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 or come, is because there are those who fought and gave it all so that you can choose. So that we could be here. So that we could grow in him corporately. So that we don't have to meet underground. So that we don't have to be beheaded. 
that's a reality in other countries today that we are so far removed from that we can have a blatant disregard for what we're afforded when it comes to gathering or worshiping out loud or carrying a Bible in my car or bringing my Bible when to um, wherever, my workplace, right? Even owning a Bible. There's how many editions can I buy? Where there are those that, that have to have them smuggled into their countries. If we don't honor and remember the past and those that went before us to make a way for our today and our future, we become entitled. Yeshua as an example. The ultimate sacrifice. Salvation can be something that I simply just deserve. In fact, he says that it is. He says just because of who you are, just because of who you are, I died. Right? But if we don't remember or recognize the sacrifice, we become entitled. Something that we take for granted. Okay, now what this has to do with now and why there needs to be a weeding out of entitlement is because we're going back to the beginning. We're going back to heritage. We're going back to our forefathers, to our ancestors, that even before Yeshua came, they were willing to sacrifice it all to preserve something to pass down a legacy through culture and tradition, language, to preserve their heritage, which became his heritage, which was meant to become our heritage, but we were denied that. In the face of mockery, rejection, Think back to what you've learned in history class. Go back to last week, watch it again, and think through it when it comes to everything that had to be sacrificed for the Jewish people at that time in the face of mockery, rejection, hatred, anti-Semitism, just to preserve a culture, to preserve a bloodline. Let me take a second. In the face of death, to preserve the law, the Torah. Then after Yeshua, to preserve his culture 
in the face of persecution. And part of when, when we celebrated um, Hanukkah and we started learning about the games and the things that they played and, and when we did um, Passover and the Seder, part of why year after year they celebrate the feasts and the games and everything has meaning is because you're meant to remember. It's literally to prevent entitlement. <laughs> It's so that throughout the year, you can pay honor to those who went before to preserve the things that meant everything. It's why they sit and have a meal, the same meal, every year to remember, remember when. And if you study it and the things that have been released, about the, the discussions at the dinner table and the questions that the kids bring, the, the depth, the meaning to that is to remember and to honor the forefathers that went before and wandered through the desert and died and, and for the sake of you. I'm imagining like our children at the table, this, this is what was done for you to have the privilege you have now, for you to have access to the culture that they had to fight for, that they had to hide to play this game. Now you get to play it with your family in broad daylight. It's celebrated, it's sold at the stores, but don't forget, don't forget the cost. Don't get so far removed from the past that you do not know how to honor because then it becomes this, which keeps you and leads to all of this. So we are learning how to pass down legacy and tradition and heritage that was cut off from us so that that honor, that floor of honor, things can be built on. Okay, there's one more aspect to this before we get ready to hear from Ellen and engage. And that is, this, and this is my, this is my, you guys know, I, if you hear from me, it's because I'm concerned. <laughs> typically, typically, <laughs> out, out of his extravagant love, there will be a concern or a, or a worry that will stir in my heart because I can feel or sense that there's something that we need to grab a hold of. There's something that we need to shift out of or into before we move on. I like to make sure that if we need to put a halt to things that we do, because we're not gonna build on a rocky foundation and we're not going to keep building when we need to take some steps back. We're not doing it again. We're not going through all of this again, right? Okay, so we have to get to this before we fully engage. Okay, so this is my concern. Bride, this is my concern. 
not just for this house, but I will speak directly to this house. Okay. If we do not honor and remember in this house and in the bride, we will not be able to honor and remember the ancestors that came before us, and we will not be able to build properly. We will not be able to pass on legacy and tradition if we don't know how to honor what has brought us to this place out of religion. We will not be able to do it. Because what we have been afforded that I do not want to remove myself from remembering is that it cost others something in order for me to step out of religion and into relationship. In this house specifically, we have apostles and a mother and a father who it cost something so that me, I'm gonna call myself your next generation because I'm your daughter. And then they would be the generation after me, my children. It cost them something so that I could have the privilege of these things, relationship, freedom, intimacy, sending, brokenness, covenant, sonship, connection, purity, exposure, transparency, vulnerability, fullness, healing. There's more, there's more, there's more. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> but my concern is that if we do not continue to practice honor and remembrance, even in our home and the bride as a whole, there are those there are those within the bride around the world who are losing and risking everything for the sake of breaking the bride free from the spirit of religion. Mockery, rejection, their namesake, friends, family, finances, Just like those who came before, we have those who have come before and in the bride, there will be more. There will be more who are willing to lose it all, risk it all, not for the sake of themselves, but for the bride to be fully released into her identity. And if we cannot honor and remember that, we're not gonna be able to go back. That's too far gone. I'm literally one generation away from what's been done for me. And I can have trouble receiving a word that's hard. Let alone, and that's in the midst of being surrounded. Think of what's afforded us. Those who have gone before and who are going before now, 
please connect with us because we have apostles who understand. But those who have gone before that were completely alone, there are those who will walk this out completely alone in the church who will be kicked out of their, of their body, who will be deemed too radical, too crazy, who will be mocked, who will be threatened. That's the truth. And it's happening now so intensely as the, as the standard of the world bows down. I, I mean, you, you guys know what's happening in the world. But as that happens, it's going to be even more of a counter. It, it, it's going to come against that even more. And so in this house, we have the opportunity to ensure, thank you, sis, that we honor and remember what's been done for us so that we can then honor and remember what's been done in generations before and gain access to that heritage. But I had to gain access to the heritage I have in this house. All of those things, relationship, intimacy, Covenant, did you have those things before in the old? Because I didn't. And it came at a great cost, a heavy cost. And while we are standing and building on that floor of honor, it has to be established in this house too. And I think that there is a connection between honor in this house first and being able to honor those things before. Meaning if we are having a hard time receiving those traditions that he's trying to reestablish, it might be because we don't honor what's been done already in this house. It's hard, it's hard to be so removed, so far removed from sacrifice hundreds of years ago if you can't honor what's been sacrificed in the last five years. I know, I know, this, is a, I know this is a little intense. I can see it. But... That's because we can gain so much access through honor. It's, it's critical. It's imperative. Because if we can't honor those who surround us, how are we going to honor those in our history? That's why, they're, that's, that's why they're removing history. If we have nothing to remember, think about it. If we have nothing to remember or to reflect on or to stand on that floor of honor literally in our culture, in our society, then we, I mean, we can rewrite everything. And it'll all be false.
it'll all be a lie. We're not going to let that happen in this house. Mm -mm. We're not going to create our own narrative. We're going to stand on that floor of honor so that we can go back even further and honor everything that was sacrificed before it and pass it on because it's pure. It was worth fighting for then. It was worth fighting. I know our apostles will say that it was worth it all. Even if, even if there's still mockery, even if there's still rejection, it's worth it all because it's pure. Because it's not a counterfeit. Because it's not a false narrative. And we know it's pure because it's not self-indulgent. Which is what this is. You do deserve a privilege. You are privileged. We are privileged. Not only in our country, in this culture, but literally we are sons and daughters. We have privilege. We have inheritance. But those things came with a cost. And if we're not willing to look at that and remember, then we are going to be selfish and complacent. And we will feel like we have the right to be consumers that are not rooted and grounded in anything but our own desires. That's where the church has come from. I mean, that's... That's how we operate now. And it's all because we refuse to honor and recognize that which has been sacrificed for us to receive that privilege by our forefathers ancestrally and in our house. We're not gonna keep going until we've got that floor of honor secure, insured up. I think that it's interesting that Missy started out tonight really uh, speaking to hatred because what we learned last week was that Christianity is hatred, that it was founded in hatred. If you were not here, <clears throat> essentially Christianity was founded in hatred for Jewish people, that, that the foundation of what we know as church came from Constantine and the Romans 300 years ago, came from the Catholic Church. And then they had one reformation with becoming Protestant, and a lot of our foundation is Protestant, but it is still rooted in hatred for any of the traditions or any of the any of the honoring. <clears throat> Which just means that it, that it is in the earth that we grew up in. Regardless of where you got saved, where you came to know the Lord, regardless of your history or which church or which sect or regardless, that is the foundation of Western Christianity is hatred for him, for his, for all that he is. 
complete displacing of, of the things that he set in place to actually redeem you, to displace all of that so that we can be self-righteous and write our own thing and do our own thing and we don't owe anyone anything and we can be awesome all on our own. Isn't that the American way? Mm-hmm. That I can just be awesome all by myself. I don't need anyone. I don't even need any other person. I don't need family. I can do it by myself. Isn't that the epitome of church? Clock in on Sunday morning, three hours. You don't talk to anyone the rest of the week. You're not connected. Not in the way that we know connection. We thought maybe we were connected. Mm -hmm. So you could say that that background is in our blood. Mm-hmm. But the powerful thing about this family is we don't see something and not address it. Yeah. We don't hide, we don't shove things under the rug, we don't have a revelation and then just shrug and move on. Yeah. This is hard because it might feel like we've talked about these things before or we've talked about complacency and consumerism. We've been, why do we always have to deal with, why do we always have to address why do we always have to have these anyways meetings (laughs) and it's because we're a family that has revelation constantly and Mm -hmm. we constantly deal with what that revelation produces yeah we just had a revelation a week ago that our literal foundation is hatred i did not know that up until a week ago i didn't know that I didn't know the history that we learned. And this family, we respond when we learn something new. Mm -hmm. So that's all that we're doing tonight. Yep. Um, Let's just go, if you have your Bible. I'm going to say his name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's. Jacob, <laughs> aka James. <laughs> yes. Speaking of writing our own narrative, I just wanted to make sure that it was clear. So that's all. That's awesome that you said that. That it's Jacob, which is Jacob. So it is not the book of James. It's the book of Jacob, and it was changed when Constantine decided to honor himself in his own name, King James. What did I say? I'm sorry, Constantine. And then when the revisions came out with uh, King James, he wanted to have his name in it. So it is Yaakov, which is Jacob. It is not James. So we are turning to the book of Yaakov. Good job, girl. (laughs) Even in that, I'm going to call you a different name so I can honor myself. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. How many times have we talked about, like, what are you named? What were you called? Who named you? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're just going to go to chapter 1 in verse 22. 
And uh, while we're starting to engage this scripture, we're going to transition into encountering Yeshua and letting him sort through what is getting stirred up. Because if our foundation is hatred, well, then there is likely hatred in, my, in me. Sally Vox today or sometime this week about that, that it's, that it, why would it not be? Right? And it's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal, but in this family, it's not a big deal. That's why we have these all the time because it's not a big deal that we can deal it. We can deal and have actual transformation so that we actually transform. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, um, if we can, maybe just turn up the music a little bit. And uh, Cutter, if you want to just like lower the lights just a touch. <clears throat> you have all heard these scriptures before, but you have not heard them like this. Yeah. In this family, we are doers of the word and not hearers only. This word, we are not going to just hear and not do something about it. Deluding ourselves, thinking that we can come in and hear a revelation and be like, man, that was a good word. That is what we're reforming, that we don't clock into church and think, God, that was a good sermon. That's some crazy revelation and not do anything with it. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. Are we not created in Yahweh's image? How many times do we look and then walk away and we're not remotely like him? or we dishonor what he honors, or we dismiss what he died for, or we, we throw it all out because we think it doesn't apply to us anymore. This is who this family is. The one who intently looks into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He shall be blessed in what he does. So tonight we're gonna look in the mirror that Yahakob wrote about. And we're gonna let Yeshua point out what is in that mirror that we have not been willing to face, that we have been willing to give way to complacency, we have been willing to bury our heads in the sand or avoid or it's too much, it's overwhelming, I don't know. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if all the things that we may have thought, we're we're just gonna talk about it again and we're gonna look again because That's what we do. We keep looking and we keep talking until what we see in the mirror is the Torah. Mm -hmm. 
meaning the Torah is his language, right? That's who he is. It's his, it's his loving instructions. It's his DNA. It's his life. It's the living letters. It's the foundation. I mean, the word holds up the universe. It's the frequency. It's the waves. Like Torah isn't just the religious book of Genesis and Leviticus that we got annoyed about in Sunday school. But it's him. It's all that he is. And that is all that he wants to put in you. And this is why we do this all the time, because there's things in us that are not him. And that's okay. We didn't know that eight days ago. I didn't know my foundation was hatred eight days ago. I knew seven. So we, we deal with what we find out. So if your eyes are not closed already, I encourage you to close your eyes. If you need to move, if you want to lay down, if you want to reposition, we are going to engage in the spirit and that's how we do this. We let our body get quiet so that we can engage our spirit and allow him to reveal what's what he wants to say. And this may sound, um, we've done this before, but if, if this is the first time you've joined us for an encounter type night, or if this is the first time live that you are joining us, it, it sounds a little new agey probably, or a little bit like, Hypnosis. <laughs> but isn't it awesome that we have a God that is so spiritual and so creative and just will meet us right where we're at and speak to us in anything. So as a family, we practice like this because it helps us do it regularly at home. <clears throat> so I want you to close your eyes after you've gotten comfortable And we are just going to begin to become aware of the spirit around us. That you are going to become aware of how, of what you feel, of what you taste, of what you're hearing, of what you are going to activate your senses in another realm. yourself in a place. What is that place? Did you know that your imagination is from Yahweh, that he gave you an imagination? Religion has taught us that an imagination is bad, but he actually gave it to you because he created you to be creative, to co-create with him. So imagine yourself somewhere. Are you in a room? Are you outside? Are you on a mountaintop? Where are you? You're going to open your eyes and someone is standing before you. 
There is a being before you. And they are holding a mirror. You are free to engage with this being, whether it be Yeshua himself or Yahakob or an angel or Yahweh sent someone to hold that mirror up for you to look at yourself. or that being is going to point something out to you.
there is as much detail as you are willing to sit in. being is going to start explaining what you see and why it's there. encourage you to respond to what's being revealed. If you need to, the altars are open. If you need to move and respond,
uncomfortable or maybe how long it's been since you've looked at that thing. As you're responding, there's, there is an exchange. That as you, as you're acknowledging what you see, as you're, as pieces are coming together about things you have felt, that Yahweh, that he wants to replace or edify those things that you're seeing to perfect it into his Torah. So we're just going to take a minute to let him Almost like let him respond to your response. on you. 
So we're just going to take a couple more minutes and I'm going to let you finish in that exchange. just thank you that that you discipline the ones that you love that you take care of us that you that you that you don't neglect that you know it's not a blind eye that you don't just it's not casual, like, well, they'll figure it out. But that you discipline, that you come and correct and bring vision and bring order and establish us and you produce your fruit in us through that, through that establishing, through moments like this where we allow you to show us parts about ourselves that we struggle to look at. that you are doing a work in this family that you are that you are performing a work want to release more of the Father's heart to seal what's being spoken tonight in the, the work that's taking place tonight. And I just want to read something else from 
from Yaakov chapter 1 verse 16 says do not be deceived my dear brothers and sisters every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow by his will he brought us from the word of truth so that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created verse 19 know this my dear brothers and sisters let every person be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger for human anger doesn't produce the righteousness of god putting away all moral filth and access of evil and receive with humility an implanted word which is able to save your souls like ellen said verse 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only deluding yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. Verse 25, but the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom and continues it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he shall be blessed in what he does. It's important that he said that there's no variation in what the father of lights does there's no shifting shadow and i've never understood this like ellen said we're gonna understand it different tonight i've never understood this parable of a man looking at himself in the mirror but it's clear tonight in the the anointing and the impartation of what's happening tonight is that if you just look at yourself you don't know who you truly are you have to look at the father to know who you are so instead of looking at yourself in the mirror, you have to look at the Torah. Well, the, the Bible says that Yeshua is the perfect law of liberty. He is the Torah. So we don't look at ourselves in the mirror. We look at Yeshua. We look at the Torah, which, by the way, Hebrews 10.1 says the Torah is a shadow of the things to come. And James is, pre he's prefacing, he's saying, there's no variation or shifting shadow. There's no shifting shadow. There's no, the law was here and now it's not. It doesn't shift. A lot of times I think we read this and we, and we just read it for what it is. But when you talk about names, you're talking about character. I like to understand what I'm reading and what's being said within the context or the filter of the character of who's saying it. The first verse, Jacob, a slave of God, of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, to the 12 tribes in the diaspora, Shalom. I want us to understand something, and I believe this is the Father's heart to just seal this, this dynamic that's happening, is that we have to read this and we have to understand the context of who was speaking it and who he was speaking to. He says, I'm a slave of God. I think a lot of what happens and what gets us to this point, the church in general, what gets us to this point is Yahweh delivered us from an earthly bondage and gave us independence. And I, I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, your, the time for your independence is coming to a close. 
The time for your independence is coming to a close because Jacob, what he was saying, he was coming to the diaspora, a broken house. He was coming to the broken family that God gave him as a slave, somebody that had been delivered out of bondage, walked out independence, but then became a slave to a different master. How many of us rely, we rest on the laurels of our faith because we were delivered from something, but your independence, the time of your liberty, of your earthly liberty is coming to a close because you have to set yourself aside to serve another master. How many people have a broken family? I don't know anybody whose family is genuinely whole in the kingdom sense. Jacob's come into his family, the family of God, the 12 tribes of the diaspora, which means they were scattered all over the place. He's speaking to a broken family and he's saying, I've worked out my faith. The whole book is talking about not just faith, but work it out. We got to work out our faith. We got to take the independence that God gives us for as the time to work out our faith. And you work it out to the point to where you say, I set myself aside so I can be in, I can be bound to Yeshua. How many of us honestly have, 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 we've been delivered. We've been set free salvation and we just were entitled to our independence. What is it for? What did he give us independence for? I hear the father saying to us in this house, and I hear him saying it to our nation, your time of independence is coming to a close. Do you guys remember the prophetic word about declaration of dependence is coming? Because the Lord was saying, and he's making it clear to me now, he's saying to our nation, your time of independence was for a reason, and it's coming to a close. We have to understand, we can't just read this, okay, faith, I got faith, now I have to do works, I have to do good things. We can't just read it like that, we have to understand who was saying it. He had already worked his faith out back into bondage to Yahweh. If we're not even at the point of faith plus works, if we're not even faith and works, then we're definitely not slaves to God. I can tell you, the the Father's heart, I can tell you the way that you can pay a cost and you can endure the sacrifice and the testing that he says will come, not if, but when. The way you can endure it is by working out your faith to where you say, I'm I'm bound to Yahweh. I'm going to do whatever he says, and it's not about my character, but his character. I want sons and daughters in this house to work out their faith to the point to where you've exhausted your own independence. Don't just get free for the sake of getting free. What is the Torah? Loving instructions of a father. Instructions for what? Free for what? Faith for what? Works for what? 
The reason why you will be able to endure a cost that will come to you. And maybe we've dealt with crisis to crisis. And if you're just going crisis to crisis, you're just going through it in vain. The thing, JJ, that will allow you to endure the pain is because you are so sold out because you, you've taken your independence and you've used it for his purposes. You've taken your freedom and you're saying, Lord, what did you give me this freedom for? What have you given me the perfect law of liberty for? We have to understand everything we're reading, every, the impartation tonight. Every, this, this is all a result because we've been given salvation and liberty and we've done nothing with it. Listen, if you're, if you're gonna go through pain, you might as well have it serve a kingdom purpose because ultimately if you're born again, you're born again for the purpose of being bound to him. I mean, look up being a slave of God. Apostle Paul says it, people say it. What does it mean to be a slave of God? It doesn't mean you're free to do your own thing. I believe when things are heavy and when there's pain and when the testing comes, he's, how many of us have thought, I ha I've settled into a certain degree of my faith. I've settled, uh, I'm going to camp out in my faith right here. When, when Jacob is saying, it, your faith is going to be tested. And I think a lot of us think of it in terms of going through a trial. But my faith, the way I understand God, is going to be tested. Mark 1.35, Yeshua's faith was tested when he said, get up very early in the morning and go to a new place. He was testing Yeshua's faith. But we sit here and think, oh, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've grown up in this. I've, I've, I've read the Bible 40 times cover to cover. He's going to test your faith. He wants to test your faith. If we can't even endure that, how, are, how would we step in the shoes of any other disciples or followers of the way who are facing the threat of death? We can't even have our mindset challenged. The Father is saying, I'm telling you, this is the heart of the Father. And he's not saying it because he's going to make you do anything. But he's saying the time, my time for your independence is coming to a close. The freedom for the sake of freedom itself is not going to do anything for me. Man, respond, something, do something, right? That's what, that's just, I'm not saying that, that I just get so fired up because what, what is it all for? Anytime God has said anything, the reason why we've been able to endure the cost is because we're bound to him. That's it. It's the only reason. 
the, the, to think of the cost doesn't matter because ultimately it's not about us. It's about sons and daughters being delivered from bondage, having independence, having freedom so that they can themselves become bound to Yahweh and pay whatever cost for the sake of his name. I know I don't want to I don't want to pay my costs and go through the trials and everything I went through just to give the next generation liberty to waste. Man, hear this. This is the father's heart. Hear this. He wants you to be bound to him. It's about his time, his feast. The reason why he, in the Bible it says to know what's going to happen at the end, go back to the beginning. We got to go back to the beginning and we have to learn honor and heritage so that we can rehearse the feast so that we know what happens in the end. But if we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, we have no clue who we are and what our heritage is, heritage is. And if we don't know our heritage, that means we don't, we're not willing to go back to the beginning, which means we don't know what happens in the end. I dare you, I dare you, if this is hitting any, any part of your spirit, if it's provoking you at all, I dare you to stand up in response to what I'm saying, that your time of your own personal independence, the liberty that you've enjoyed for however long, the time is coming to a close to where he's challenging you, he's inviting you to bind yourself to him as a slave. I dare you. And I guarantee the Father's not taking this lightly. And if you're standing up, you're, you're standing up in response to an invitation. And he's going to start a process in you. He's going he's gonna to start. He's going to quicken it. He's going to accelerate it. He's going to start a process in you and say that you're going to lay yourself aside for the purpose of his will. What you're saying is, I, if, if you deal with entitlement and we don't, we don't address the root of entitlement, it's like playing the game. These things pop up and you got to knock it down. Oh, knock down consumerism, selfishness, consumerism pop back up. It's because we got to deal with this. Amen. How do you deal with the entitlement? What Megan said was you remember. How do you remember? Stop looking at yourself. Look at the, the perfect law of liberty. Look at the Torah, which means we can no longer displace it. It's powerful. Everything that we read in the book of Jacob, we need to look at it through the filter of a man who's worked out his faith. 
He's already worked it out. He's been delivered from bondage. He's walked out liberty and he's been, he's found himself bound again to a different master. And he's talking to the broken family of God, which is still broken, still divided, speaking to a kingdom that's still divided. And then he says, shalom, not just, hey, peace, brother, peace. See you next Sunday. He says, shalom. He's coming. He, he signs his introduction with, with an anointing of the authority to displace chaos. If we're, if we're reading the book of Jacob from the, from, from the perspective of thinking it's just somebody who was saved and that's it, we're not, we don't get it. When is something going to shift? Let's, let's be the spark. Let's be the ignition for that declaration of dependence. So when the nation realizes our independence has ran out, it sure feels like it right now. The liberty's running out. What's going to happen when God says time's up? We need bond servants. We need people who say, you know what? Whatever I want for my life is secondary to the will of my master. I don't really know how to send you all out of this encounter but you know what it doesn't it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter i don't i don't need to have a pretty uh uh feel good send them out put a put a cherry on top right if you stood up that's why i said i dare you because now it's on you what are you gonna do with that wait now you gotta reconcile liberty bound I went from bonded, earthly bondage to liberty, and I'm going back to bondage. My bondage was that little square tape box. Everything I wanted was outside of that box, and I could touch it. I could reach it, and he said, you can't step outside this box. I didn't want to live in Flagstaff. I didn't want to marry Flagstaff. Right? I, I didn't want the house we live in right now, but God said, that's your house. That's the one I'm giving you. It was all jacked up. House was messed up. All kinds of problems. I don't want all these problems. He said, that's your house. And you know what? You, you have all these problems and I live in you. Maybe he didn't want to live in me, but he did it anyway. I live where I live because I'm bound to him. I live in this city because I'm bound to him. We took, we adopted this broken house because we're bound to him. Who wants to sign up to pay your life savings to adopt a broken house? 
I'll tell you who wants to sign up. Somebody who cares about Yahweh's character over their own. When you start caring about his character over your own, you will do things you never thought you would do. And people say, how could you? How could you ever survive that? You want to endure pain? The pain that will come in your life? Be bound to him. Set Quickly walk through your season of independence. Walk it out. As for me in this house, we will serve the Lord. Who said that? Who said that? Joshua said that. Okay, let's just not read it. What about his character? Who was he? What did he do? He said that on his deathbed. And I'm going to say it now. As for me in this house, we're going to raise up bond servants, people who don't just relish in their independence. America was founded based upon breaking out of England. That's just half the story. And God's saying, okay, but now let's declare dependence on me now. So we'll close however we close, but I, I feel like he's, he's, this is a moment of truth. He's calling us to the carpet, and it's a, it's a divine opportunity in this moment to say, you know what? Because sometimes there's not enough time to just figure it out. When they came back from the promised land and they started grumbling, well, I don't know, it's too hard, it's too big, they're too big, they're too giant. How are we going to overcome? I don't, when they, while, while they were wasting time doing that, two, two said, let's go right now. There's times when the father's going to have a talk with you and it's going to be like a man to man talk, a man to woman talk where he's saying, son, daughter, come here. Let me talk to you and tell you. Let me give you some reality about who you are and what we stand for in this house. Let me give you some reality about my house has been broken for centuries, and I just need some bond servants who's going to talk to the brokenness and represent me and my name. But if you're too busy stuck in all your freedom and all your liberty, your personal liberty that I delivered to you for the purpose of representing my name, if you're too stuck in your liberty, then you're not going to represent the house. Which means you're satisfied with looking at the brokenness. Sometimes we struggle with what the Father asks us to do. We know what he wants us to do, but we won't do it. How many of us have kids? You tell your kids, go clean your room, go clean your room, go clean your room, go clean your room. And on the 50th time, maybe they'll do it.
don't miss out on this opportunity of realness because in the in moments of heaviness in the pain in the trials is when you will absolutely grow the most don't hesitate don't there's no time for fear there's no time to to consider it there's no time to keep thinking about it the time of independence is coming to a close and if you don't seize that moment i don't know what's going to happen I can tell you what, what most likely will happen if you respond. If you don't respond, I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to settle for that. Our daughters came up here and said that we, we would tell you we don't regret any of what we've gone through. And we don't. I, abs- I wouldn't trade any of it for the world because I've grown so much closer to my father and, f- and discovered more of who I am as a result of it. Real warriors want to be tested. They want to put their discipleship to the test. They can't wait for the time of testing because that's what the discipline's for. So when they came back and they said, let's go, Those were real warriors right there saying, we don't have time, let's go. We might have fear, we saw what was over there, but standing on the shoulders of Yahweh, we're larger than the giants that we might face. I don't want anybody to walk out those double doors right there without hearing all of what was released tonight and considering it. If you are in a position or you feel like you just want to disregard or blow off what's being said, the heart of the father, that would be just like in your own household as a father or a mother asking a mature son or daughter to consider your words or consider the urgency of what you need them to do as a part of the household and them just blowing it off. So Yahweh, I just ask you that you, whatever you have in this, Father, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven from where you're you're speaking this right now, that things are being stirred and shifted, things are being broken off. Indecision, entitlement is being broken off. You are grabbing, he, he wants to grab the root of entitlement in your life and yank it out, but he's not gonna do it without your permission. So Lord, I say any entitlement in me and my house, you have free reign. I wanna step into a new lot of cultivation, a new place fit for what you wanna cultivate in me and in this house but you have to invite him to do it. You have to respond to his invitation.
Lord, let us let us understand your word. In Yeshua's name, we just seal this, we seal this time. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your children. Amen. I don't know what who is coming up here next, but this may be uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I think it's good. It's healthy because then there, you're, you're, you have to step into a place where you have to have the hunger to figure it out. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.